Welcome to Literary Anything, our Marion Libraries podcast where we talk about literary anything and anything literary. I'm Jane. And I'm Paula. Hi. And welcome to our February <laughs> episode. Already February. Can I you believe like, it? I know. Kids are back to school. Finally. It's all happening. Thank God yeah. they're back to school. Huh? <laughs> I know. And the sigh of relief of all the parents across the land yeah. has heard. Although now we have to do lunch boxes, which... Yes. Uh, yeah. It's a trade-off, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I'd rather do lunches. <laughs> yeah. Than <laughs> deal with the fighting. Absolutely. Exactly. And the boredom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but we thought we'd start off talking about. Yes. Da, 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 do you want to say, Jane? Happy birthday, us. Yes. It's the Marion Library Service's 60th birthday this week. On the 7th of February, we turned 60 years old and we look amazing for our age. We do. <laughs> we don't look a day above 25. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, we've got a whole heap of exciting stuff happening over the next couple of months but from the 7th um on the 7th you can come into the library we've got special birthday cupcakes for mm, people yum. um so getting quick because our cakes always go yeah really free quickly. food free that's food not gonna last goes, long that's right <laughs> <laughs> uh we've got uh new library cards so you can come in and swap over your library card for a new special 60th birthday card yes. we've got some new bookmarks um, and we've also got something we're really, Paula and I are especially excited about, which will be arriving this week sometime. Um, the staff, the entire library staff have got together and we have decided what our favourite 60 books are from the last 60 years. So yes. this is a limited edition little booklet that you can come in and get. And um, it's not got reviews in it, it's got a little blurb about the book, um, a great potential reading list for yourself for yes the rest we've of got the a year. little place on the back where you can tick off all the, all books, the books that you read as as you read them or if you've already read them well, yes tell Always. us if you've read them all we'd yeah, love to hear that's right tell us on our facebook page um but it was really fun to put together and i was really was proud actually. of us i feel like we um you know we chose fiction non-fiction children's adult it's um, a great spread it's a really yeah, yeah. it's a nice range of um, something for everyone yeah that's yeah, right yeah it's really good mm. um we've also got some interesting displays we have got we've had some help from our heritage research center who have given us tons of stuff so old library cards and old annual reports and old photos and lots of interesting things from our 60 years um, of history um, so we'll have those on display from next week at the Cove Civic Centre. So pop in and come and have a look at those things. Yes, and there'll, there'll be lots of things going up on social media as well, mm-hmm. starting from the 7th. Um, but, you know, keep your eye out because, yeah, lots of old photos and little yeah. tidbits of interesting information about our history and how we got started. Absolutely. And if you... Um have been a library member for a really long time. We'd love to hear from you. Tell yes. us what you know your first experiences in the library were. Um, we'd love to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, we love hearing those old yeah. stories about how it used to be. Exactly. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shall we get to our February book? Yes, let's. We read Becoming by Michelle Obama this month. Yes. And I was really excited to read this book when it came out in, I think it was November it came out. Yes, and it, it um, I think it um, broke some records for... Yes, it did. Yeah, it? right yeah. off the bat. It was, yeah, everybody was flocking to get this book, including and us. Yes, and everybody who's anybody has been posting about it on social media and, you know, lots of 
lots of um, great reviews of this book. So mm. tell me what Jane you thought. Jane and I have been <laughs> avoiding because we we've have. been reading it and checking in and then saying, no, we're not going to talk yeah. about it because we're going to save it for the podcast. That's right. <laughs> so we don't know what each other thought, yeah. which is it's exciting. So what did you think? Wow. Well, I partly listened to it on okay. audiobook and mm-hmm. then I switched to the book because I didn't think I was going to finish it in time for mm-hmm. our podcast. Yeah. So, um, and I'm really happy that I did both because okay. it's really something to hear her so read she it. reads it she reads it it's podcast. read by the author oh, so nice. yeah if you um if you like that kind of thing I would definitely recommend the audiobook but if I only had the audiobook I wouldn't get the pictures yes and true. who doesn't love the pictures like don't yeah. you automatically when you get an autobiography mm-hmm. just flip to those shiny oh, pages in the middle immediately and there are some good pictures yeah, in this book are. some brilliant ones of of um, obviously her life and a young Barack and yeah. all of that. So um, so it's not, again, I, say, I feel like I'm going to say this every month. This is not something that I would normally pick up. I don't, really? I don't love... Um, I don't love autobiographies. Oh, okay. Because you've you've recommended. I know. <laughs> I think one I'm each contra- time. <laughs> I'm contradicting myself. Yeah, so I assumed you loved them. And particularly because I made the assumption that it would be very political mm. um which it is i guess but it's i don't know i was really surprised about how relatable this book was absolutely it Did was so that? relatable and yeah. that's part of what i loved about it yeah yeah so she, Cause she's quite um she's quite open about saying that she's not into politics oh totally yeah didn't really want this to happen that's didn't right envisage this as what her life was going to be like for her and their children that's right and but she believed so much in what Barack could offer could offer the Mm. country and the world Mm. that she supported him wholeheartedly but the book starts when she was I don't know if it's when she's born but she's certainly very young yes I think very and I I don't know did you know much about Michelle Obama before you I knew that she was incredibly intelligent and accomplished and I knew that she was a lawyer yeah um but I knew I didn't know that she came from the south side in Chicago I didn't realize that she had such a um sort of humble beginning yeah. yeah and you know even I wouldn't say it was disadvantaged upbringing but she was certainly surrounded by a lot of disadvantage in in the neighborhood that she grew up in and witnessed lots of things that you know those of us in ordinary white middle-class suburbs mm. don't see every day that's right and and I'm the same as you I didn't mm. know like I kind of you know I saw her on Ellen dancing yeah. and yeah and that's pretty much and you know of course seeing her as Barack's wife but that's mm. I, yeah I didn't I'm the same I didn't know you know things like that her family never owned a home yeah um so they were very and her father was disabled yes like severely disabled with um oh, I can't even remember what it was that he had oh yeah I can well mm. were they did they ever really because yeah, he resisted going to get medical treatment until the very last moment, and by then it was too it was late. Too late. That's mm. right. I can't remember what it was, but he was mm. um, quite unwell most of his life. That she can, yeah. That she can that remember. remember. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, I mean, she's she's an incredible woman, and I guess throughout the book, it's really evident that she's got such a strength of character, and she's driven, and she. She really hones in on the same message throughout the book, which is empathy for others and supporting and building up and lifting others up to meet their own full potential. Yeah. She's very inclusive rather than exclusive of 
others and their needs and their um, potential, mm. I guess. It was really, I hate to use the word inspiring because it sounds so naff, but it, it is was true. an inspiring story. Yeah. And Michelle Obama can write. She can really write. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she really can. Like, yeah. it, was, it was so well written. Um, she managed to demonstrate warmth and honesty and at the same time be very candid um, and really demonstrated her strength of character and her drive and her ambitions. Yes. I didn't realise that she was such a meticulous human. Mm. Did you get that from yeah. the book as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think she did a really good job of saying, I'm like this and sometimes I need to sort of step back because mm. Brock is, they're, they're a good um, example of opposites sort of complementing yeah. each other because she describes Barack as being really laid back and just yeah. kind of rolling with things. Yeah. Um, and I think at one point she says as the more sort of crazy and manic mm. it gets, the more relaxed Barack becomes, which yeah. I just find totally amazing. Yeah, um, and they just it just seemed to work together. It's, yeah. yeah. It's an amazing story. Um, yeah. I, you can see my book here. I've got yeah. I've got a billion post-it notes in it, but I picked out a couple because I, like I said before, I I was surprising was surprising how relatable her story was to right. me. I've picked out some things too, so, so it'll I be interesting thought, to yeah. see if we pick up the I'd same read things. Just a little bit. Excellent. This one is about where she's talking about um, after she's had I think it's her first daughter, Malia, um, and going back to work. Okay. Um, so this is when she was a lawyer still, I think. I can't remember where she was working at this point. But anyway, what I didn't realise, and this would go into, also go into my file of things many of us learn too late, is that a part-time job, especially when it's meant to be a scaled-down version of your previously full-time job, can be something of a trap. Or at least that's how it's played out for me. At work I was still attending all the meetings I had while also grappling, with most of the same responsibilities. The only real difference was now, I made half my original salary and was trying to cram everything into a 24 hour, 20 hour week. And that is just so exactly I it. think all working mums can yeah. really relate to that. I remember that yeah. bit too, because I remember when I was a stay at home mum, mm. um, my neighbor next door, she was working um, part time. Mm. And I said to her one time, oh, it must be the perfect balance, you know, and she said exactly what Michelle says there. No, it's not. You feel like you're not good enough in both arenas. You just feel like you're doing a half-assed job of both things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's terrible. Which is a really, yeah, it's a harsh assessment of life, but Mm. anyway, that's, it is what it is. Yeah. So that, that spoke to me that little bit. Right. I, um, just from earlier, this, I don't have a specific part, but the way that she wrote about her recollections of her childhood mm. um, almost reminded me of To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. Um, you know, at the be- that's as I've said, it's my favorite movie. And at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, the voiceover of Scout yeah. as an adult yeah. um, going back. Lay it over the... Yeah. 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 That's how, that's how um, the feeling I got of her recollections of the south side of Chicago and going with her dad. Because what was her daddy? was some kind of representative for yeah like a, a a local representative for the democrats or was, was, it, was it like something a local with council work? i can't, I can't remember. remember something like that but the way yeah. she went around with him and listened to him talk it really kind yeah. of reminded me of scout with atticus it had yeah. that beautiful um oh, 
yes, nostalgic um, feeling about it. I really love how she... She clearly um, has really warm, wonderful memories of her childhood. Yes. Which is lovely. And And the writing is, like, almost poetic. It is. Yeah. You're totally right. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, The other thing I liked about it, other than finding out who Michelle Obama is, I really found understanding the minutiae of life in the White House Mm. and what being the First Lady really is like. I love those tiny little details. Yes. It's so fascinating. I mean... Like when they first got to the White House mm. and the Bushes... It was the Bushes, right? Yeah, Laura and George Bush were showing them around. And, yeah, you never stop to think about, yeah, what was that like when they first got there and this was going to be their home? That's right. And And she really conveyed that it was just such a surreal... I don't know, you kind of assume that anyone who goes to the White House is somehow prepared for that life, but she really eloquently talks through how it really was you know they've just been plucked out of Chicago just an ordinary woman with two kids yep. working and here we are and now there's this expectation and there's these rules and these restrictions that's right they can't go anywhere you can't open a window that's right talking about the first day of school and yeah. her poor daughters are being escorted <laughs> by the secret service it's really with ballistic surreal glass yeah and it's amazing there was I thought I'd, another bit I thought I'd read not yes. that everyone wants to hear me read the no whole time, no it's but, good I like it um, just this first little bit um, of chapter 20. People ask what it's like to live in the White House. I sometimes say that it's a bit like what I imagine living in a fancy hotel might be like. Only the fancy hotel has no other guests in it, just you and your family. There are fresh flowers everywhere with new ones bought in almost every day. The building itself feels old and a little intimidating. The walls are so sick. Sick. Thick. <laughs> the walls are so thick. And the planking on the floor is so solid that sound in the residence seems to get absorbed quickly. The windows are grand and tall and also fitted with bomb-resistant glass, kept shut at all times for security reasons, which, adds, which further adds to the stillness. The place is kept immaculately clean. There's a staff made up of ushers, chefs, housekeepers, florists and also electricians, painters and plumbers, everyone coming and going politely and quietly, doing their best to keep a low profile waiting until you've moved out of a room before slipping in to change the towels or put a fresh gardenia in the little vase at the side of your bed. Yeah. How cool is that? Fascinating. It's amazing. And you know what, the other part that I thought was really interesting was the idea that they make, or Barack makes a salary and they have to pay for food. And she recounts this um, little bit where she talks about, you know, one time Barack mentioned that he liked something. (laughs) I can't remember what it was. Some kind of sushi, I think. Oh yeah, sushi. And so then they made sure that they put it into heavy rotation and and then they found out that they were flying it in from somewhere in the world and it was really expensive. Because she gets an itemized bill each month of these meals and she was just astounded by it, like that's ridiculous yeah and she cut it immediately yeah. <laughs> and all yeah. her clothes and if they have family come to stay all of that yeah they, they have pay to pay for, for. Mm. and what I thought at that moment was like there's very few people in the world that could afford to be president yeah it would cost a fortune yeah well yeah like really how would you afford that? <laughs> it's not like you can tell them, I'll just go to Woolies and get, you know, home brand bread, thanks. <laughs> you know, you've got to 
host dignitaries and fancy right. Yeah, people. I, w- I wondered. Yeah, where yeah, obviously some things would be paid for when they had certain Presumably. people over. But I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I wonder how they decide. I know filet mignon for the dignitaries, <laughs> but then. But how did they decide? Like, beans on but toast. no, Ellen Generous is just my friend, so <laughs> I should have to pay for her. Or but she's here doing something on official business. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know it how was, they work. That. Yeah, <laughs> I I loved all those little details. Yeah, I me that too. Was really cool. Yeah, definitely. I would say, and I have already said this to lots of my um, friends, particularly my girlfriends, you have to read this book. Yeah. I really feel like we should all read this book. Yes. (laughs) And it's really really readable. Like you said, it's not, I mean, she does talk about the politics, but she makes it, it's not dry at all. No. She makes it really interesting. Details of policy and. That's right. I guess because she is someone who's not into politics, mm. um, so she's coming at it from a more sort of Human. everyday, yeah. yeah, person on the street sort of perspective. And no, it's great. I loved it. Yeah. Something else. Oh, I picked out Barack's p- proposal to her. Yeah. Oh, didn't you love that story? <laughs> she told it so well about um, how it was a thing between her mm. and Barack that she want she saw marriage as something important to mm-hmm. her. She had a good yeah. example of. Um, with her parents yeah. being married for so long whereas Barack's history is different I'm sure mm. as most people know um, that his parents weren't together for most of his life so um, they had this, a sort of conflict yeah. that she wanted to get married and he didn't really think it was important so mm. they went out to this fancy dinner one time to celebrate I think he he, he passed the bar or he took the bar or That's something right. like yeah, that it was. Yeah. and so and he mentions he brought up the marriage topic and she couldn't believe that he was bringing it up on this special night and she started the conversation starts getting heated <laughs> and then the waiter comes over with the dessert tray and opens it up and it's a ring, a ring. and I was like he is so good he is so smooth (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) it was very romantic yeah it's a great book yes yeah Um, oh and oh sorry I was just gonna say like you said um she's very down to earth and I just talked about she makes you feel that what it would be like for yourself for example Mm. to be moving into the white house as you said or visiting buckingham palace she talks about when she visits buckingham palace the first time and how she touched the queen scandalous (laughs) scandalous (laughs) not supposed to touch the queen even if you're michelle obama that's right it will create headlines um yeah great book yes and at the end because i think there have been some rumblings about michelle running for president in 2020 and she's very plain about yeah that she's not interested so and you know it it needs almost not to be said once you've read the book there's no aspir you can see there's no aspiration for that she feels like she can do more for people in other ways yes definitely yeah great book yeah excellent good choice us yes so do you want to talk about one of your what you've been reading sure um I only read one other book start to finish this month. Yes. Which is, and this was a recommendation from one of our staff, Ola, who has been on our podcast previously. Yes. She sent a bit of a review round to the um, staff on this book. It's called The Seven Sisters by Lucinda Riley. Um, I think it's the fifth one has just come out. It's a family saga of seven books. Uh, each each book is about one of six sisters adopted as a baby each named after the stars that make up the seven sisters constellation so i'm not going to read all the names because 
I don't know how to pronounce them. <laughs> <laughs> you know those names, you read them, you read them and in your head you think it sounds right, but then when you verbalize it sounds ridiculous. Right. So I'm not going to It's like when you're reading Crime and Punishment. It, yeah. It's just like all those Russian yeah. names, who knows? Who knows how they sound. <laughs> That's right. Um, upon their father's death, he leaves each, each sister a letter, some coordinates, a Greek quote and an unusual item. These are the clues that each sister in each book uses to uses to discover her heritage and history. So the first book, which is the one that I've just read, this is called The Seven Sisters, um, and it's about Maya and is set on mostly on Lake Geneva, which is the family's sort of compound or residence, um, and also in Paris and Rio. Um, from what I understand, from what Ola said, each book will be set in a different country. Okay, so has she read all of them? She's read all of them to, to, to date. I okay. Have, I should have looked it up. I think the latest one is The Pearl Sister, and I think that's the fifth book okay. in the series, I think. Um, this book's kind of like a fairy tale. Right. It's really, it's, it's really lovely. It's got a really strong sense of place, um, a really strong sense of history. There's lots of real-life history entwined, intertwined with the story. So there's, particularly in Paris, um, lots of talk of, of painters and sculptors and, um, you know, the pa- places that they really did hang out in real life and all of that sort of thing. So is it contemporary? It's both. So okay. it moves between periods and time. So it is set now. Okay. But as she, as the sister, each sister, or as Maya finds out her history and her heritage, she delves back into the past. I see. So it's a bit of both. Um, I would say my only criticism is, and this is something that bothers me in lots of books that are meant to be contemporary, is sometimes the dialogue between the characters in the present time is a little bit overly formal. Okay, too times. stilted. Yeah, just right. a bit. Doesn't flow. No, a bit fancy. Like mm. People don't really talk like that to each other. Yeah. Um, but this might be... Maya, the character in this book, is quite a formal, sort of, I wouldn't say uptight, but kind of a, you know, okay. fairly rigid But is it just her dialogue that... Well, that's what I'm thinking. Mm. I'm thinking that it's just her. And right. so I'll see in the next book. Because, of course, when she goes back in the past, the language is more sure. formal and it is like it was in the past. Mm. But the language from now is a bit... Mm. Yeah. A 27-year-old doesn't really talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've got the next book, which is The Storm Sister. Okay, so you um, will be... You yes, will I'll read. keep reading yeah. them. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you enjoyed it. I did. I enjoyed it enough to keep reading it. And mm. I, I like books with a strong sense of place, and this has that. So right. if you like that sort of sense of history and um, travel and experiencing other countries Culture. and all of that sort of stuff mm. you'll like these mm. very so nice yeah, that was my book that I read I was pretty impressed to actually get two full books read this month so yeah well done you yeah thanks. I feel like this podcast is really um yeah pushing my um, yeah literacy <laughs> <laughs> that's good what have you read well I read um Any Ordinary Day by oh, Lee Sales yes so um we mentioned our 60 books for the last 60 mm-hmm. years this was one somebody recommended that got cut because I, I ended up having too many yes um 
it's uh, and it's it was just published last year, mm-hmm. I believe, twenty eighteen. Yeah, last half of last year, I think that yeah. went out. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll just read a bit about it. As a journalist, Lee Sales often encounters people experiencing the worst moments of their lives in the full glare of the media. But one particular string of bad news stories and a terrifying brush with her own mortality sent her looking for answers about how vulnerable each of us is to a life changing event. In this wise and layered book, Lee talks intimately with people who face the unimaginable, from terrorism to natural disaster to simply being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Expecting broken lives, she instead finds strength, hope, even humor. Lee brilliantly condenses the cutting-edge research on the way the human brain processes fear and grief and poses the questions we too often ignore out of awkwardness. Along the way, she offers an unguarded account of her own challenges and what she's learned about coping with life's unexpected blows. So she talks to people like Stuart Diver, who mm-hmm. um, was in yes. the Threadbow um, landslide and wife. lost his wife yeah. in this horrific way. Um, Walter Mickack, whose family mm-hmm. was killed at Port his Arthur. Little girls. Yes. Yep. Um, James Scott. Do you know who that yeah. is? She, she. It's really good how she says it. Nobody really knows James Scott, but if I tell you, he's the guy who had the Mars bar um, in the Himalayas. No. No. Oh, okay. So he was. He got lost in the Himalayas. Yeah. He was on a trek, and he went the wrong way, and then he was lost in the Himalayas for forty-three days Whoa. and managed to survive. All right. Yeah, so really interesting stories, um, and she just, um, she it's so well researched, um, and she comes across so warm and so down to earth, and mm-hmm. she's unflinchingly honest about the business that she's in, mm-hmm. um, um, of being a journalist, yeah. and also doesn't shy away from, like it says, talking about the own mis- her own mistakes that she's made mm-hmm. as a journalist, which I thought was really brave. Yeah. Um, and you said, you know, about becoming, you say to mm. people that you have to read this book. That's how I feel about this oh, book. Really? I know, oh. I know, I know it's, you, yeah, they do Such talk about hard things, read. but they talk, she talks about how people are able to come back Overcome. from that and why some people are more able to, to um, mm. you know, come out of that and still be. This book has right. popped up all over the place and lots of people have read it just seems it's it's so sad it is sad but it's it's hopeful it's hopeful in the end and it's really interesting it like it's like the in the blurb says it poses interesting questions about Mm. about humanity it's really about humanity more than just journalism and it's funny because I was reading it and she talks about you know the role of, of journalists what they have to do and I thought I was thinking to myself, oh, God, I could never be a journalist. I could never, you know, go up to people when they've suffered and and, and talk to them. But then I thought, well, how um, sort of, um, I can't think of the right word, but I'm happy to sit here and read about it. Mm. And so how can I sort of cast judgment on her yeah. for being the one to go in there and ask yeah. the questions? I mean, how else would we know these things? That's right. Mm. They do have a responsibility, and it is a job yeah. that has to has to. We need um, get people done. to have. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. may have sold me on it. Yeah, I have, I have literally avoided this book. I think it's really important. It's really, right, and really well done. Me. Yeah, and she just comes across as so lovely. Lee Sales. I don't watch mm. TV, so I wasn't. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't know her that well oh, okay. from that from a TV perspective either. But right, yeah, yeah. Did you want to talk about? 
I haven't read anything else. No, but you were going to talk about the Manus Island. Oh, yeah, sure. Yes, let's. Yeah. So we both thought to talk about this one. Yes. This month, which is really an exciting um, award that was given, Mm. I guess. Um, So the, I can't even remember what it's called, Victorian Prize for Literature was awarded... Oh, a couple of days ago, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. that long ago? Maybe yeah, this last is week. Breaking sometime. news. This We're so break- on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> breaking news. Yeah, um, the Victorian Prize for Literature, which is the country's most valuable literary prize. So, I think first place is a hundred thousand dollars, and then there's twenty five thousand dollars first prize for the nonfiction. I see. So the award for both fiction and nonfiction went to um, Baruz Buchani, who is a Menace Island detainee and currently is still on there. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. And, and has right. been there since 2013. Um, so he won for his book called, and I've highlighted it somewhere. Mm. Where did I put it? Something about mountains. Oh, yeah. No Friend But the Mountains. That's it. Writing from Manus Prison. So that won both awards. Um, he wasn't in attendance at the awards because he is detained be. still. Yeah. So his, um, I think his um, interpreter, translator, stood in for him, right. stood in for him who accepted the, accepted the award on his behalf. So this is an amazing story because he wrote the book on a smartphone and sent it in to his um, translator over five years via um, WhatsApp. That just, just I know. <laughs> that is my just, mind. I know it blows my mind too. <laughs> I had put this. I just by accident. I actually got this book um, at the end of last week, mm-hmm. and then it won the prize. But yeah, I put it on hold for myself because yeah. of that. Yeah, amazing. That's just yeah. If anyone uses it, I mean, if any, if you don't know what WhatsApp is, it's essentially like a like texting. Yes. So it's essentially his text. He's translated this book over five years, and I don't know. You, how long those texts would have been mm. but clearly long <laughs> <laughs> and bit by bit like I just can't wait to read it amazing yeah I'm definitely going to read this one apparently it's amazing mm. um, he Ruchani um, recorded a video message um, oh to once he once got he the won award well. so oh, as okay. he pre-recorded it and then sent it and then it was um I guess shown at the award ceremony Um, and he said I've always said I believe in words and literature I believe that literature has the potential to make change and challenge structures of power literature has the power to give us freedom isn't that amazing yeah wow and you know here's a man who's been in prison essentially for years and years and years with no end in sight from what I can understand um so it would have been a double-edged sword I guess winning this award from a country that won't allow you to live here yeah or seek asylum yeah yeah that's it's incredible so conflicting yeah so So he's um kurdish iranian um he's got a master's degree in political science political geography and geopolitics um and he's a journalist scholar and cultural advocate and filmmaker so he from manis island he now, where did I write that? He writes for The Guardian. 
He's, his writing also features in the Saturday paper, the Huffington Post, New Matilda and the Financial Times, as well as Sydney Morning Herald. So he must do all of that mm. in the same way. Yes, right. I assume so. Yeah. Everything by WhatsApp or mm. text or whatever. Mm. Um, so he's an you know, incredibly accomplished and intelligent man um, who is stuck in this prison, prison yep. you know, along with hundreds and hundreds of others mm. who might have or probably do have similar stories. Mm. So, yeah, that's big news out of Victoria. Yeah. Uh, we should have this book in the collection. You, yeah. Yours was a library book, wasn't it? Yes, yes. So you can get it. Yeah, you can get it. Yeah. So down, um, yeah, get online and reserve your copy. I'm definitely going to read this one. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, this next book I'm going to talk about is not um, out yet, mm-hmm. but I thought, I just saw this, um, I think it was this morning, that there's going to be. Um, a follow-up story to the Tattooist of Auschwitz um, by Heather Morris. Do you, okay. um, they just yeah they just announced it. Did you read this book? Mm-mm. Oh okay yeah, I should know that <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have read this book. But if you, uh, it's very good. It was really popular. So yeah, um, if very popular. If you've read this book, um, the Tattooist of Auschwitz, um, the sequel is going to be called Silka's Journey. So the, one of the characters um, in the Tattooist of mm-hmm. Auschwitz which is this woman called Silke, who um, a commandant took a liking to her and just, um, sort of kept her mm. as his, I don't know what you would call it. Um, anyway, she slept mm-hmm. She slept in the, in the bed with, with him because mm-hmm. he just um, decided that he liked her. But then... I'll just read this bit. However, what once saved Silka comes back to haunt her when after liberation she is charged as a collaborator for sleeping with the enemy and sent to Siberia. Mm. So that's what the next book, Silka's Journey, is going to be about. That'll be By Heather popular. Morris. Yeah, so that's coming in yeah. October. Oh, a long time to wait. Yeah. Um, two other things that are coming out this month. Yeah. Now, I haven't listened to this podcast, but you probably have. Mm-hmm. Teacher's Pet Podcast. Oh, I started listening to it. Yes. So, oh, the book. Interesting. This podcast, The Teacher's Pet, has been um, huge. Yep. I haven't listened to it, but lots and lots of people have. It says here, 10 million downloads across the world. Um, it's called The Schoolgirl, Her Teacher and His Wife by Rebecca Hazel. This one comes out on the 19th of February. I think this will be really popular. I don't know the story in detail, but from what I understand, um, I'll just read this bit actually. Yeah, do that. On 9th of January 1982, Lynette Dawson disappears and has not been heard from since. She is presumed murdered. She lived on Sydney's northern beaches, Bayview, with her husband Chris, a high school PE teacher and well-known rugby league player, and her two young daughters. That's the background, I guess. Yeah, but part of the reason why it's been so popular is because because of the podcast, mm. they've started investigating yes. him, and then I think they've I arrested think him I now. Think they yeah. arrested him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this was um, finished before that happened because that yeah. only re- that was only the end of last year that the um husband was arrested that's wasn't true it? so it'd be interesting to see where the book finishes or if they've edited it to include yeah, yeah imagine the they new information would. yeah surely mm. um so for fans of the teacher's pet podcast 
keep your eye out for this. So end of this month, in a couple of weeks, this one comes out and we have got a request in to have this in the collection. Sure. So yeah. um, once we get to the end of February, get online and reserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be oops, a big one. Um, it's amazing how podcasts, certainly it would, won't be our podcast, but well, podcasts that look into, we're not going to start looking into crimes. At least that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> not this year anyway. <laughs> but um, how there have been a handful of podcasts yeah. where because of it, um, they, they've um, prosecuted yeah. um, people or found out yes. um, you know, More what's information. happened. Yeah. I guess it's reminiscent of um, Serial, that podcast yes. from a couple of years ago yes. that just went insanely you know went everywhere Viral. and everybody was listening to it yeah. and then there was another one called shit town i don't know if yes. you read that or listened to I that that was a really that. interesting one that too. was really good so in the similar vein if you're into those then i guess this would be a book for yes. you yep yeah um speaking of viral internet stories did you hear um about that short story I, th- I can't remember who published oh it was in the new yorker in mm-hmm. 2017 called cat person no oh okay so that this story um it was a no-nonsense tale of a younger girl dating an insecure older man it was published in the new york in the new yorker in 2017 and went viral mm. um and it was sort of a it's it was something to do with it being in the post me too era Uh, Um, i didn't actually read it Mm -hmm. um but yeah i know it's sort of about yeah women in relationships young women and what's an imbalance imbalance of power power. exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. so she's got a book the uh, woman who wrote that her Mm -hmm. name is Kristen rupinian Mm -hmm. so she's got a book coming out now called you know you want this and it's a series of Um, horse stories, <laughs> which is not what I was expecting. No. Um, but apparently it's, um, it says here, if all this sounds completely insane, it is, but wonderfully. So it's got a good mm. review. Um, and um, I've asked for um, for our um, tech services people to, oh, to get a copy of it. So oh, if, be you, interesting. Yeah, if you read Cat Person, um, if you're interested in more by that author, that's coming, that's coming out. Great. Yeah. Um, one more I've got here that's yes. coming out, which will be published tomorrow. Ah. The 5th of February is Love by Zoe Foster Blake. Um, Zoe Foster Blake is a jack of all trades, almost kind of a woman. She's written nine books non-fiction, kids' books, as well as adult fiction, including um, The Wrong Girl, which got turned into a TV series a oh, couple okay. of years ago. Do you remember? No. I don't know. I, I don't know if it got renewed for a second season, but it was reasonably popular when that came out. I think she directed it or produced it as well. Mm. Um, she's the founder of GoTo Skincare, which is also a very um, well-regarded Natural. Oh, she is a jack of all yeah, trades. Yeah, she really she's into is. everything. Hmm. She's worked in the magazine industry for about seventeen years. She was the beauty editor at Cosmo, Harper's Bazaar. She wrote a um, relationship advice column for Cosmo for about ten years. Wow! So she's been around the place. She's got a really heavy social media presence all over Instagram, as so many people are. Um, so she's written Love, an enthusiastic and modern perspective of matters of the heart. And I think it's, she's described it here as um, an indispensable and empowering reference guide to the heart. Mm. I think more so about self-love rather than, you know, 
what do I Looking do if my some... boyfriend says this? You know, I think well, it's okay. more right. self-love type of a book. So she's somebody that is um, quite popular, particularly with younger women, I would say, you know, in the 20s-ish. Yep. Um, so this is out tomorrow. So that would be a good one to keep your eye out for if this tickles your fancy yeah. we might be too old for this book <laughs> we know it all already <laughs> we love ourselves <laughs> oh okay anything else before we announce no. our book for march no i have nothing else no. i've gone through my pile of bits yep you can, I think I announced last month. So I you can, can announce so this month. <laughs> okay. So for March, we are reading Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple. Yay. Yay. And I chose it because um, it's going to be out as a movie. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be coming out in March, which is why I thought it would be a good mm. choice for March. But then I just saw last week that they've pushed it now till I think, August or September. Mm, I wonder what that means. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do I you know who's really... in the movie? That would have been a good thing for me to look up. <laughs> I'll know it for next month. <laughs> yes, let's not go well, too much into the yeah, detail we'll because we'll talk it right through next month. Right. This looks really interesting. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, yeah. be good. Excellent. Yep, getting away from the nonfiction for a little yeah. bit and yep. yeah, we're, we're going out into some fiction. Right. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, thanks, Jane. We'll see you next time as always. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.